1: In the next 60 Minutes here on Newsnight, newly elected NDC minority leadership in Parliament take their case to the Speaker of Parliament in the face of opposition from 70 rebel colleagues.
2: As a leader, it will be my duty to represent our collective goals in particular with high integrity. Our first responsibility is to unite the caucus. I will appeal to the rank and file of our great NDC party to keep calm.
1: But the party tonight remains in turmoil. As far as we are concerned, the current
3: uh, leaders of the House, uh, Honorable Harna Idris, Muntaka and co, are deemed to to still be in office. Just some few individuals who act without the party's own structures. We will all be in danger. Some of us are fighting on the basis of principle. We think that what has happened is an affront to the dignity of the caucus.
4: Also coming up
5: tonight. People can't sleep. It's really, really terrible. Uh, uh, Proposed inclusion of individual bondholders is causing lots of people sleepless nights. People's future have been jeopardized because they don't know whether uh, they would soon be exempted so that they know that they can get their money.
6: And so we just pray that when the technical committee is done, the finance minister will let them.
4: And as the domestic debt exchange deadline nears, government's technical committee agrees to explore mutually beneficial options within the program after engagement with individual bondholders ends. We have details. Meanwhile, individual bondholders petition Togbi Afade for his backing to be exempted from the domestic debt exchange.
6: It's not being realistic. And we must say the fact I am actually disappointed. Who would tell the
2: stories of these people? I have to be honest with you, very disappointed. I mean.
4: Tonight's Education Ministry Paris School of Fame criticism insisting moves have been made to provide resources to the affected schools while admitting there are challenges.
7: To misconstrue what the minister
1: said or us in the Ministry of Education was so unfair. We don't have to take him out of context.
7: And in business, government makes significant progress. towards securing stakeholders buying in signing up for the domestic debt exchange program. And in
8: sports, former Black Stars captain Gyan is advocating for a firm and experienced coach to take over as a new Black Stars trainer.
4: And much later in the bulletin, we'll tell you the story of a 17-year-old nursing mother who was expelled from her home and forced to live with a 22-year-old boyfriend who got her pregnant.
0: My auntie that I'm staying with, she threw
5: my
2: things out. But my grandpa told her that she should have patience. but she didn't
5: allow. She said still, she will not accept me to be in her room whilst I'm pregnant. My grandpa went on his knees and begged her. I should make sure I leave her house before giving birth.
4: We have that and more in tonight's edition of Newsnight. Please do all to join us with your thoughts and comment is via WhatsApp 055-1111997. I am MFA And hey, My name is Evan Spencer.
1: Well, tonight, newly uh, elected NDC minority uh, leaders in Parliament have taken their case to the Speaker of Parliament in the face of a position from 70 rebel uh, rebel uh, colleagues. Now, the those 70 rebel MPs have uh, been uh, holding a press conference uh, today to register uh, their protest against the decision to, to remove the Harun Edrisu, Muntaka and Mubarak-led uh, minority uh, leadership. Uh, whilst that was happening at the same time, the NDC Beep national executives led by Johnson Kitia and Fifi Kwete also called their own press conference at which the new leaders, uh, Dr. K. Serato was also allowed now uh, to formally accept the his appointment and declare a roadmap forward. Now there's a meeting that he set for next week, Tuesday, at which they all hope uh, they can close ranks and move forward. But as uh, we've been uh, breaking that story as it develops over the day, uh, across the country, the various regions, the NDC uh, branches, and regional caucuses are all now declaring their support uh, one way or the other as we now uh, seeing come through thick and fast uh, from the Volta region MFR power we are seeing the Volta regional uh, executives have mm-hmm. come together to fully throw their weight uh, behind the new leaders.
4: Yes, and uh, this is the Volta Regional Chairman, Mawto Agbavito. They've described the new leader of the NDC side in Parliament as a great politician with a solid track record. He appealed to the outgoing leadership to come to terms with a reshuffle for the common good of the NDC. For us in the Volta Region, he says we have absolute confidence in the new team to deliver on their mandate and we pray and seek support from the entire NDC group in this regard. So we're told that um, um, there have been other you know statement from other regions that we'll be talking about. It says for his part, the new leader of the NDC side, Dr. Kaisal so Latuforsen, assured the voter executives of his commitment to unite the party in parliament. So they called on him today and in attendance were the Deputy um, Chief Whips Ahmed Ibrahim and uh, Madame Comfort Doyo Gansa, the MP for Dai Joyce Lintete, and the team were accompanied by the voter regional chairman himself, including the regional vice chairman, Egypt Kobla Kudoto, the regional secretary, James Guno, Amongst others, mm,
1: and if you go to the Western region, mm-hmm. this uh, and in the Western region, because that's where uh, Amakufiwa hails from, and the NDC Western Regional Youth Wing have also gone public today, declaring their support uh, for him and uh, declaring that they would uh, work closely with him to execute the party's agenda uh, in the region. Uh, they have no doubt that he can do the job. Uh, we've seen also a similar statement from the Central Region, where mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Kiesel, forcing who is now the newly uh, appointed. Pinted Minority Leader hails from where they also firmly are supporting. In fact, the Chiefs uh, of a of, of, yes, his constituency. Mm-hmm. I've also gone public to, to back him uh, fully. Um, we know this has uh, led the party divided down through the meadow, particularly uh, in parliament, and the grassroots are also showing their own support. Yesterday, we saw the protest in Asawasi, the burning of ties, The police had to be called in to try and uh, bring things under control. But uh, this is the thing: we've made many who believe this is playing into the hands of the. Uh, their main opponents in the 2024 elections, the MPP, uh, because prior to this, the MPP, that people may believe, were on the ropes. Uh, so how will this play out in Parliament? Now the Parliament is set to resume a, next week or a couple of weeks away. And, and how is the majority side in the House uh, uh, viewing what is playing out? I want to bring in the majority chief whip, um, Mr. Arnold Dompre joins us on the telephone line right now. Mr. Duprey, thanks for your time here on Newsnight.
9: Thank you, Ivan.
1: I wonder, uh, have you have you got a view on what is happening at all?
9: Of course, we have interest. <laughs> it would be pretentious on my part to say that we have no views and we are just sitting aloof and not concerned. We are concerned uh, beyond the fact that um, the leadership. I mean the. You Haruna, and and the president leadership are all people who work closely. We work closely. We are friends. You know, uh, we share a lot of things in common. Beyond that, we also have a contest, a political contest. So, and you also bear in mind the closeness of the numbers we have in parliament now. You recall when we had issues with one of our MPs, the effect of it has been there on us. So, um, I just thought that it would have. Um, Learn a lesson from the difficulties we have gone through. But clearly, you can see that uh, our, our colleagues are sharply divided. I have never witnessed a situation where uh, leadership is nominated in Parliament and then you have to get people across the country to either support or not to support. It's quite interesting. But we are watching keenly. We are watching keenly and we are taking note and uh, we wish them all the best. It looks like the, the the cracks is not over yet, and I pray for them. But it looks like it's getting worse, and I hope they will be able to get over it. Atu uh, Fortune is a very good friend, fine gentleman, Kwame Abuja, very hardworking. But uh, the the experience of uh, Muntaka and, and uh, Harunai dreams who the public used and you also get the public mood, the public views is quite admirable, and these are people you cannot just wish away um i've listened to a couple of their press conferences and it, it looks like something is not adding up and it's, it's creating a lot of distaste in the minds and, and uh, in their in their rank and file it's quite unfortunate i just thought they could have they could have handled this well but for me if if the class get deeper it's good for me <laughs> it's, it's good for me yeah, when I, are
1: you doing anything actively to deepen it
9: no that i will not i mean i don't have that mandate i don't have that ability uh we are just putting our house in order. Not not too long ago, we also have our own issues.
0: you recall, we also had our own issues. But I'm saying that if their cracks get deeper and a number of them
9: on side the outside are disillusioned and worried, it gives me an urge, you know. It gives me an edge in terms of the numbers, in terms of having an upper hand to do what I have to do, get government business pass and all that. Uh, but beyond that, we are also one entity, and one would have expected that this matter would have been handled seamlessly. But clearly, yes, I heard um, the Honorable Cletus uh, Advoca lament, and he is a senior person uh, in the chamber. There are people in the chamber that we respect so much. The Honorable Cletus Advoca is one of them. And when they speak, they don't just speak, you know, they speak as of experience. So when he lamented and, and kind of... Um, describe his his aversion for want of better for for the decision and uh, what the national leaders have put out you, you could see that something is not adding up but whatever it is, we are very focused <laughs> we are very focused whether the but unfortunately whether the decision stands or is amended, it will still create a problem for the act, for the affront. You understand? Because when the decision stands as it stands now, there are people who are very loyal to the two who have been ousted, Yonabo Harun dinsu and Yonabo Muntaka, who are not going to be happy with the new leadership. And if the decision is changed again, this, basically the so-called uh, JM loyalists are also not going to be happy. So I don't know how their the, the situation will get better. But as I said, if the cracks get deeper, uh, the merrier for me.
4: Well, uh, whilst they try to resolve those internal issues, let's take a look at the team or the names that they've put forward to Abuja Ibrahim and So uh, Let's put them side by side. Those on your side, does it send any shivers down the spine of, of the majority when you look at the names that have been put forward?
9: No, 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 no. Well, in terms of experience, I would say that the predecessors were more experienced. now I don't think, uh, apart from uh, our leader, the Abu Cheyman, nobody up front is more experienced than Haruna. Nobody up front is more experienced than Jonabu uh, Muntaka. And I think even at Beggy, they are more experienced. Parliamentary, where well, the experience counts a lot. plays a significant role. So if we were not even scared of these very experienced ones, uh, so to tell me that these new ones are sending any down, uh, any fears on our fine. no. Yeah, so you describe you describe this new team. We know his dedication to duty, and all these people—they are all fine gentlemen. And so, but there's nothing like fear at all.
4: But you describe them as inexperienced.
9: Is that what I hear you I, say? I, no, I said that it in relative terms. I, I, I made a comparison. In comparison, that Honorable Haruna to who is most experienced, apart from the Honorable uh, Chairman Sir we were not scared of him. We, we I mean, we, we worked with him. We forged a strong niche with him, and we got government business passed as we wished. Haruna Winterkayin has been in leadership. Only have us know the number of times. Very, very experienced. Many occasions we're able to beat them to their plan. So it's about, I mean, putting your tactics together and then also strategizing appropriately. And I think that we've been up to the tax.
4: Well, you've heard uh, the reasons that the party is giving for this particular decision, the next election about the economy, energy, amongst others. You think the reasons they've given is tenable?
9: I don't think it's tenable. But again, I don't want to dwell on that. That is their reason, okay? We are going into battle with them. Whatever reasons they want to assign, it is up to them. But for, 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 for the chairman to say that it's about the economy, let's see. It's early days yet. If it's about the economy, then probably they should also look at their candidate again. Uh, their, their, I don't say their, their preferred candidate. Now, arguably, all of them are gravitating towards JM. So it's about the economy. Then probably within their party, there are more economies in their party than JM. But as I said, they are assigning their own reasons. It is not for us to accept or not to accept. We are focused on what we want to do. They have mapped up a strategy. It is up to us also to map a counter strategy, which will annual to our benefit um, in the scheme of things.
4: I guess your team will be smiling all the way to Parliament on the 7th because perhaps they've made the battle or the parliamentary battle easier for you.
9: Well, nobody forced them to press this button. They take themselves and they must bear, they, they must um, <laughs> they must carry the consequences themselves. It's about the decision. And they thought that I think that they, they talked through it and they made this decision. Uh, they, they'll carry the consequences. It's early days yet. Let's see. But we are not underrating anybody. After forcing, we know what he can do. We know him very well. Uh, we are not going to underrate them. We'll work closely with them. After all, it's not fiscal battle that we are going to go into. It's a battle of ideas. And I believe that we will, we will have the upper hand eventually.
4: Okay. We're grateful. That's the majority, Chief Whip. And no, don't pray.
9: Let's pick
1: the thoughts of uh, political scientists, former head of the KNUSC political science department, uh, Dr. Michael Byer joins us on the line. Yeah, Doc, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been observing what has been happening with the ANDC over the last couple of days today. A series of press conferences, those for and against, uh, threats issued, you know, the, the parties in, in danger, uh, suspend, we don't recognise, we've, we've appointed, but those who've appointed of us have accepted. Why, why do you stand on all this?
0: Uh, this, is, this is what I refer to as an unforced error. It's an error. They can do what they, they've done, but this is not the way you do it. It has to be built on consensus. There are so many problems that have come up. I'm sure the party, uh, a newly elected leader, they thought they had the power and they can do this. They don't have that power. Right now, the majority is on the side of those who have been removed. When you go to parliament, the party apparatus has no, has no official power in parliament. They don't. Whatever the party wants to be done in parliament, it has to go through the MPs. Parliament is the domain of MPs, not party officials, not chairman, not secretary. That's the problem. That's the first thing they should have realized. They didn't know that. Now they see okay, what are we going to do now that they say no? You have brought complete division into the party, unnecessary. You understand? Look, isn't it Mutaka who engineered the election of the speaker? Isn't he the one? And very quickly forgotten about all of that. Atufo is in a a precarious position. He was part of the leadership. Now you put him in front against his other senior members. How is he going to look like? and he has accepted first of all you shouldn't have forced him to accept it right now when he accepts it now the others prevail what's going to happen it means in you know, a lot of ways you are a traitor you are with us and they say this Instead, of you turn them, hey this is not good you accept that's the problem so they have brought up unnecessary
1: problems how how how, how do they go about resolving this
0: it's very very tough uh, they need some of the senior members to call over them. I'm sure the best way to, would be to rescind the decisions. That is the easiest way to go about it. If the decision stands, then you have brought divisions within the party, not only in parliament, in the whole country. Next the thing: these people are the face of NDC, Putaka, Haruna. they are the face of NDC. How do you make this decision like that without even talking to them first? You should have called them. This is what we are thinking about because of this and this and that. And you talk it through. If it doesn't work, okay, they don't, don't implement it. If it works, then they all agree and they do it. You didn't do that. You just ambush them all of a sudden. You can't do that. The party itself doesn't have power in parliament. They don't. There's the parliamentarians who have the power. So the party operatives cannot go to parliament and tell anything to the speaker this this and that unless something the the speaker requests the party officials to present you understand but anywhere in the world it is not a political party that goes to parliament and tell them this this is the one we want for this and this is the one we want for that no that opens the process to corruption when you are empty you are vying for seniority and leadership so if the party apparatus can appoint whoever they want, then they, are, they can appoint their favourites. Then there will not be any peace in the party. That is the problem.
1: Dr. Hmm grateful uh for your thoughts your news night uh, we we'll want to hear from you shortly zero five five one 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 one
4: yeah we'll go on to um talk about uh, the bond holders shortly but there's just a communication coming in uh, from the office of the president the appointment of a new chief of air staff and it's a statement signed by the director of communications office of the president um eugene ahin It says the president of the republic of ghana in consultation with the council of states pursuant to provisions of article two 212 of the Constitution has appointed Air Vice Marshal Frederick Asari Kwesi Bekwing as uh, Chief of Air Staff with effect from today, Thursday, uh, 26 January 2023. Now, this follows the completion of the of duty and subsequent retirement from the Ghana Armed Forces of his predecessor, Air Vice Marshal Frank Hampson.
1: You are live here on Newsnight on Joy 99.7 FM. Let's bring you the very latest now on that uh, ongoing uh, negotiations uh, between the individual bondholders... And government remember they formed a technical a joint technical committee well that committee uh, has wrapped up its work a report has now been put forth the finance minister is set to uh, scrutinize that for a final decision to be announced but in essence both sides have agreed to explore mutually beneficial options uh, that then uh, would possibly lead to the exclusion of individual bondholders, that is far from complete yet, because the finance minister must sign off on that. We'll get more on this uh, pretty shortly. Uh, but uh, my colleague, Mamey C. Uh, tom Thompson, is in the studio with a, a report that has been put together jointly signed uh, by the ministry's technical lead and the convener, a convener of the uh, individual bondholders forum. Mamey, let's go into the details of, of this. Uh, what more do we have in there?
10: Indeed, so Evans, like you rightly stated that this this um, statement contains the positions of the both sides as in the technical committee and then the individual bondholders and the terms of agreement that was reached by the technical committee, I state, verbatim from their statement says that one, identification of key issues by individual bondholders and collective investment schemes in the domestic debt exchange program, two, explore mutually beneficial options Within the debt sustainability limit that will lead to the landing zone of 55% PV of debt to GDP by 2028, resulting from the exclusion of individual bondholders in the domestic debt exchange program. And three, any other matter consequential to the debt exchange program. And in their summary, their presentation of the summary of what they, they, they've they also been considering with the individual bondholders, they make a key um point that says that the debt sustainability analysis using the IMF framework undertaken by the Ministry of Finance shows that Ghana's public debt is high and unsustainable. The analysis shows that The PV of the debt-to-GDP ratio is over 100%, against a debt sustainability threshold of 55%. This means that to achieve debt sustainability, Ghana must implement policies and programs to reduce the debt-to-GDP ratio to, in present value terms, by at least 45% points.
1: And uh, and they go to the key issues at play. And for the individual bondholders, Mm -hmm. the government must simply cut expenditure and they've uh, both sides have agreed and this statement I must indicate is jointly signed by Mr. Samuel Akust, who is the uh, Director of the Ministry of Finance and Senior Hossi. Both sides agree to make some cuts uh, and the proposals that have been put forward can you run through some of the key highlights of some of the things that they've agreed to cut?
10: Indeed um, so we have some of the key highlights the inclusion of individual bondholders' as in before we get to that the summary of presentations like you've rightly stated that is going to destroy households confidence and also the primary source of loanable funds in the Ghanaian economy You, when we go down to the um, the statement they are indicating that they have to enforce the filing of interest coupon um, coupon income on corporate instruments and then going further they are talking about expenditure. The budget provision for the energy sector shortfall of 23 billion cities should be revised downwards by 3 billion cities through the reduction of transmission losses, technical losses and administrative inefficiencies. Also cap the subsidies on the pre-mixed petroleum at 200 million Ghana cities, thereby reducing the budget by 150 million Ghana cities owing to the wanton abuse of the subsidy, provide this coupons to registered fisher for the purchase of premixville also maintain the 2022 capital expenditure level by reducing the non um abfamda and foreign finance capex provisions by 50% and, and
1: this provision is very important because they and they they in in each of the proposals that have been now agreed uh, jointly between the individual bondholders and the finance ministry, they tell you how much government will save. Um, if uh, In this one that says maintain the 2022 uh, capital expenditure, they indicate that this will save the economy 10.7 billion CDs alone. And then they go on to talk about reducing the transfers to statutory funds, which will save 7 billion. You also have review and right size of MMDAs and SOEs that will save 5.6.5 5 billion. Then they also agree a review mm-hmm. of the free SHS program that will save one billion. In all, they talk about the proposed cuts will save a total of 83.5 5 billion.
10: billion. yes.
1: That has been put forward, Indeed. and 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 the indication is. Uh, that once this has been signed by Samuel Eckhurst and, uh, and Senor Hossi, this is also agreed uh, by uh, the finance ministry. But let's get some clarity on this. Uh, let's speak to Senor Hossi, who joins us on the line. He's a convener of the IBF, the Individual Bondholders Forum. Mr. Hossi, put this in context for me. Uh, I see the signature of uh, Mr. Samuel Eckhurst on this document. Does that mean that the finance ministry agrees that these cuts will be done?
6: Not not necessarily. Well, this is the work that the committee did. Um... We had put before the team these proposals, which were reviewed. Some of them were readjusted based on further insights that were submitted. You also have to take note of the fact that um, there were observations made by the government team that some of the proposals may be medium-term. And we have also indicated, yes, some of them may be medium-term. In Ghana, medium-term could be two to three years, they are about... Um, we have a five year horizon so if it's going to be a medium term it should be functional I think the most important thing here is that we are not out there just making noise we are here preferring real solutions that are very practical and at the doorsteps of government to make this entire process functional for the sustainability of our economy just trying to use debt operation to solve this problem is definitely not optimal I've always said we need to be careful we don't tend this fiscal challenge into an unsustainable economic crisis households are the primary source of loanable funds when we kill confidence in of individuals and households in our financial system we are doomed people are now thinking of rather taking their cash and keeping it under their pillows converting it to dollars and keeping it in face all right it is not a sustainable thing for a turnaround for an economy that needs much breather. That is why touching individual bondholders is not an optimal position that any policymaker must have. You don't do it. And you want to touch it at a time where you're looking at them wiping off about 77% of their wealth. You know, um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it was some of these things were so well thought through. But we are hopeful that once this report is further reviewed by the minister, the minister will realize that there's absolutely no need to be looking at individuals as part of this entire DDE program. And maybe we should rather start looking at fiscal measures to really cure the problem. The problem we had started from the fiscal and uh, must start solving itself from the fiscal.
1: And what does this mean, then, in terms of next steps, now that this report has been put together at the end of the technical committee meetings?
6: Well, we are hopeful that we'll be meeting the finance minister for all would and then we'll have reviewed this report and also share a perspective on, on the way forward. We practically have a few days more to go to that deadline. And for us, it's inconsequential. The position is clear. Um, individuals and collective investment schemes must be exempted from this entire program. They are, the consequences to the economy are far-reaching when you include them than when you don't. You know, so I think we should just keep it right, do what is right, and then really get get, get moving together as a, as a country. Look, look at the proposals, Evans. Which part of it is not that practical? What is it that government can do? But it's a hard job government has to, and that's what we vote governments in our office. We need to turn around our economy, give it a breather, get a private sector to start driving things in our country. We have a government that's always crowding out the private sector, crowding out the ability to access capital, to invest in businesses. Look at our interest rates and the challenges in there. We are fixing interest rates at at high levels that make it unsustainable for us to, 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 to revive our economy. Why? Because government is boring at 36%. If government is borrowing at 36%, how much will I as a businessman borrow? And if you are doing this at 36% for treasury bills today, how do you go around start giving somebody 0% and
1: 5%? So, Sonia, be- beco- the deadline is just on Tuesday. So, we are talking about uh, four days. If you take away Saturday and Sunday, in effect, you have three days uh, to go. Yes. Uh, so, what happens now? For those individual bondholders who are still on setting, because you're still talking,
6: you don't have finality yet. What What do they do? I don't think there's anything uncertain here. What is certain is that when you actually take um, uh, the the DD program, you are impoverished by seventy seven percent to eighty eight percent of your work. It means your 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 one million cities will become one hundred and twenty thousand. Your ten thousand will become thousand two hundred. So you have to decide how you want to die. I don't think that's what people want. People want to have but if you maintain your current 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 deal and you reject the DDE you are going to be sitting pretty your wealth will be retained will be restored so nobody is going to breach government will not breach on its obligations under your current bond government is looking for a better deal that's us we have shown government how to how to really get money to sustain itself and all of us together without necessarily taking your money so say no to GD, the DDE don't sign the DDE. And if you have signed the DDE, we have published whether you should send to your bank and ask them to withdraw your offer on the DDE. If you are if you're, if you're a listener here and you have invested in any of the mutual funds data bank, you have your money at EDC, you have your money at Stambik Investment or Tesla Capital, write to them and tell them that you, they do not have your permission or authority to be part of the DDE. The DDE will succeed without individuals. Government does not need individuals to succeed on the DDE. I have told you before, and I think I told the finance minister, I have businesses that are subjected to the DDE, and I'm going to be losing money. I believe in all of us supporting the government. But touching individuals would rather be destructive for the economy. So don't go there. It is a no-go. And and, and
1: and Senor, you just coming out of a meeting uh, with uh, Togbe Afeda where the individual bondholders uh,
6: presented a petition
1: to him. T- 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 talk to us about that.
6: Well, we were warmly received by Togbe, who's been we apparently has been following following the event and really shared very very important perspectives on it. He equally believes that the expenditure and revenue portions of government should be the first place of uh, of adjustment. And the IMF has said that you actually have three different, three different solutions in trying to, to fix this crisis. One is a fiscal adjustment. And for those who may not understand that, it means government adjusting its revenues and expenditure behavior. Then the other one is structural reforms that will in, inject efficiency in the running of government. Then the, other one, the third one is the debt operations, where you are looking at restructuring the debt and trying to negotiate it. Government, unfortunately, has been focusing on the third one, which respectfully is quite a lazy one. The hard work is for government to change its lifestyle. Government wants to stay big. Government wants to waste and spend money on many projects, all right, which we all know how things leak out or waste out of these projects by trying to steal money from the private sector to sustain its own political goals. It is not fair. These are people who have trusted you and entrusted their wealth and their plans with you. The least you can do is to honor it. Don't abuse it. And I think that Togby identifies clearly with it, and I'm sure your your, your press men were here, and they will be playing back his own perspectives on the matter. He still, as usual, would definitely touch on the the issues of uh, interest rate, which were were really germane, very important to this particular matter. Very, very important. How can the government be boring at 33%? On the short end market, and telling us on the long end market to take zero percent and five percent.
1: Yeah, and 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 Togbo talk himself uh, talks uh, extensively when he met you about his own concerns with this. And by the way, he is the uh of uh, that's ugly state. That
3: is the reality. I personally look at uh, the problem and what has been proposed and thought as follows. The starting point would be to establish what those debt obligations are in the first place, which, of course, I'm sure are very well known to government, the base on which they've structured this uh, proposed solution. Once we define clearly what our debt service obligations are, then the next step to actually take is to critically at government expenditure and government revenues, to see what can be done to enhance our debt service capacity. And as I said in an article I wrote recently, we should begin to look closely at our expenditures. What expenditures can we cut out? Maybe new Not very essential capital projects. What can we suspend?
1: And that's uh, the agbubu mafia of the asogli state togbe a feather uh, meanwhile some individual bondholders, uh we know have been dealt a, a double blow as those promised to be paid uh, from the amalgamated mutual fund after losing investments in the financial sector cleanup exercise still await their their payouts as we are learning uh after the first tranche was paid in 2021 two, two uh, the uh, 2021 government defaulted in paying the other two uh, last year they now sit on the on, on tenterhooks, uh, fearing that the current, ongoing uh, domestic debt exchange will wipe out uh, they, all their investments locked up in this amalgamated uh, mutual fund. One of the affected investors, Yao, uh, spoke to us.
5: They paid the first portion in 2021, but they promised to pay another 20% in 22, and then the remaining 60% in the next three years. But year they didn't make any payments. And they didn't even have the case of informing creditors that they, they had not made any money. We waited and nothing came. People made calls. They were only told that they don't have money. And that was it. I, I, do, I do have some inner feeling that the AM fund may probably have invested the money in these bonds as well. That, that could be contrary to the Public Financial Management Act because it was government own money that was approved by parliament. be used to pay these creditors. It couldn't have been used to buy government bonds again, but it amazes me how the AM fund is dry just after a year after the entire $28 was approved for government to pay these creditors. So, I mean, this is why we are currently protecting the inclusion of individuals in this domestic debt exchange because there are a lot of people in my category who lost money in the first banking sector cleanup and are currently also going to lose money in the exchange. So you are just telling us that we can't trust banks we can't trust uh, mutual funds and we can't
1: trust anybody else. I mean, senor, very briefly, this amalgamated mutual fund uh, problem is a big one. I mean, one that we haven't spoken about often, but people are falling through the cracks when they lost a lot of money under the financial sector cleanup. Uh, no fault of theirs. Monies were then transferred to GCB Capital to manage for them. As you're hearing, the money, that, that, that account is empty and it's now subject to the domestic debt exchange as well.
6: You know, I, when I hear it, gets quite sad. This government started on a good note, but every single time you see what's evolving, and we all it is doing every day is to crush people's confidence in governance. And I think that, Mr. President, if you are hearing, please wake up to this coffee. This is not what Ghanaians mandated you to do. You can't crush the confidence of the average Ghanaian in governance, in the words of his financial system led by your government. It must stop. Look, I'm walking back to some of our proposals. And then see how practical these are. We start and we are saying that you already have a gap in the tax in the tax application process in this country. The couples you have been paying for corporate you are supposed to tax them. You've not been taxed them. It's in the law. We ourselves, we have shown you that you can make money. 100, over 100 million cities there. You have production of oil that has dropped from the peak of over two hundred thousand, has been less than one sixty, because the regulatory regime is not encouraging people to invest right. Fix it, you are going to get three point six billion. Last year we lost three hundred million dollars. All right. You take the ACA agreement, which supposed that ACA energy thing, that government is sitting there managing it in, in, in a in a fair manner. That is supposed to give up by hundred thousand barrels a day. If they focus on getting that thing done and the, the, the kind of gimmicks and jokes that are going around this top, my brother, we are going to be making five point six billion cities a year as a country as a country. All right, we talk about the property taxes. We've taken the census. Two point two million homes. If you're looking at fifty percent rate and we are averaging thousand cities a year per property, isn't that two point two billion? All right, you talk about VAT in When government GRA started, they saw VAT. From the companies, increased by one thousand percent. It tells you people under declaring. If if you adjust your target by just fifteen percent, what do you get? Three point five billion. Mm. Look at the financial irregularities reported by the auditor 2015-2022, to 2022, 13.9 billion, go and collect the money
1: mm. I mean, These are really jaw-dropping numbers and, and thankfully uh, you sat with the finance ministry uh, you presented to them uh, we're waiting to see what comes out at the end uh, as we approach that deadline Senor Jose, thank you very much uh, and we'll keep a close eye on, on the next steps uh, that's uh, Senor Hossi there as a convener of the individual bondholders forum. And George Rafa is joining me now with business. Hello, George.
7: We're well, picking up uh, some progress on this uh, debt exchange program because we understand that government is making some significant progress towards securing most of the stakeholder buying in signing up to this domestic debt exchange program and audits of COVID nineteen funds a precondition for submitting of uh, Ghana's program to the IMF board for approval, but how will this impact on discussions for debt cancellation? The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Ghana pay and Alliance Life.
11: and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 244 308 for more information. MTN.
7: Welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, government is making some significant progress towards getting the remaining stakeholders to sign up to the domestic debt exchange program. Now, this is what Joy Business has picked up from the final round of engagement that started yesterday and is expected to conclude today. Their insurance companies, capital market operators and pensioners are scrutinizing the proposals presented to them by government. Finance Minister Kanofriata is optimistic of securing a deal with all the stakeholders before the January 31st deadline. Meanwhile, finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business Group, Professor Lord Mensah, says all the interested parties must push for a good deal.
6: Clearly, I was disappointed with the the kind of agreement they had with government. So I was expecting the bank to look beyond the debt restructuring. Listen, if government should,
2: you know, have that free space, what is the assurance that a government will be able to use the funds, you know, judiciously to ensure that they revert back, you know, the economy
6: as expected? So going to the individual investors, I believe that they should go beyond and the government must place something on the table, certain levels of assurance when it comes to the usage of the proceeds from this, this debt exchange. This debt exchange will allow government to have
2: some levels of interest payments that is supposed to do free money you know, for them. And as a result of that, we expect this I mean, free money to be used to revert or invested in areas that will bring back the economy.
7: Professor Lord Mensah is a finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. Well, Evans, what we are picking up is that government has reached a decision or a deal with the Ghana Insurance Association in terms of their full participation in this debt exchange program. Well, what would this mean for the individuals as well? Some are saying that, what well, maybe this might actually force government hand to actually excuse them or what is going to happen. I mean, so what we are picking up is that they have reached a deal with the insurers in terms of their full participation in this domestic debt exchange program? The government has locked down the banks. Mm. Now they've locked down
1: the insurance companies. Uh, they, they set to lock down the uh, securities. Yeah, uh, they're working on that, the, uh, one, as that well. the one as well. If you lock down these three, um, if you look at the numbers, you you won't need the individual bondholders, and I'm not surprised that we are what uh, four days to the deadline, and we, we we yet to hear an announcement clearly on the individual bondholders. We'll see, as Senior has said, they, it remains the same that uh, uh, the individual bondholders that that their chunk in the whole mix, If you need eighty percent to to subscription to go, that twenty percent um, still requires an exemption for the bondholders.
7: And it's interesting that some news is coming in in terms of um, the decision that has been reached between the Ghana Insurance Association and the Ministry of Finance, and it says that that is uh, the government of ghana and the ghana insurance association have reached an agreement on the participation of insurance companies in this domestic debt exchange program now under this agreement even insurance companies will participate in the exchange on the similar terms as the commercial banks five so percent yeah five percent uh, coupon this year yeah and then the, an average of 10, I think. 9%, 9% spread for these 12 papers that will be issued. Also, we understand that the government, through the solvency window of the Ghana Financial Stability Fund, will provide support for the insurance companies that are seriously affected by this domestic debt exchange program. The objective is to protect jobs and stability of the industry. The insurance are happy to reach this deal with government that protects the members that are also enabled the government to push through as necessary economic reforms in these difficult times. Now, this milestone is on the back of the, the success of the banking industry that has taken government closer to completing this domestic debt action program and is issued by the government of Ghana, signed by the finance minister. Kenoff- it's a Retour. joint one. Yeah, and also that is the Ghana Insurance Association signed by Seth Aklasi. So, it looks like some progress Evans has been made there. Mm. That's more good news for individual bondholders. Interesting. Let's see how things will pan out. Well, even the release of the Auditor-General's report on how donors, uh, the donor-advanced COVID-19 funds have been used, has been greeted with some shock. But the release is actually a precondition before the IMF board can consider Ghana's program approval. But how would this impact on the country's request for that cancellation? There is more in this report.
2: Persons close to the IMF have maintained They pushed for the audit to see how government uses emergency funds. Therefore, it is still early days yet to give details on how the findings will impact on the timing of an IMF board approval when it comes to Ghana's program. Joy Business understands that the recommendations from the Auditor General and how government handles the situation post the audit may impact on future disbursements. The source close to the IMF also maintains that Together with Ghana's donors, they might put in place some stringent measures to guide future financial support for the country. The Finance Ministry, on the other hand, has maintained that the funds were used for the purpose which it was approved by Parliament. The Paris Club has already set up a creditors committee to begin work on Ghana's request to cancel its debts. Ghana is hoping to go to the IMF board in April for the board's approval for its program. The board, if it is able to sit during that month, then Ghana could get its first tranche of funds to support its
7: balance of payment support. Now, in a related development, the finance minister, Keno Foyata, is optimistic of securing the required commitment for Ghana's international creditors to improve reprofile the country's debt and the possible cancellation
11: an exceptionally strong case as Ghana and I think everybody is looking for the demonstration effect and from us uh, we did SLA in five months and change uh, hasn't been done before the same way that we're expecting that we'll do this and also set up our SNA bond holders and um, to also look at the future of the country how to make sure that we protect their investments uh, but this is a period in which we all have to help
7: Oliver, well, some interesting news, so you might describe it as good news, and that was the Minister of Finance, Kenneth Ferreira, because banks have started paying the individual holders of cocoa bills. There was recently a rollover when it comes to a different arrangement for the institutional investors, but the banks were actually instructed that... The that, government has returned their monies to them. Okay. Yeah. interested. Bottom and, line. And, and you remember that earlier this week, he came fair, engaged the head of financial markets at the Bank of Ghana, and this is what he had to say with respect to this payment.
2: Currently, we are working with the CSD, looking at the data and seeing the quantum of individuals who were affected by this. I think that exercise is going on right now. Once we ascertain that, uh, we are working with Cocoa Board to uh, look at these balances with the various banks and see how we can quickly uh, pay these individuals. Well, so that, that is going on ongoing, right?
4: Now. Are, we, are we sure if we are going to get it by close of week, by close of day, when exactly can I get my funds?
2: I don't have a date. Date for you, but uh, I can assure you that these individual investors will be paid, and hopefully, hopefully that happens this week
1: well they've done well 26th uh, uh not end of week yet and yeah. they've already paid was, the, the, the money's hit the accounts yeah. early this morning
7: we saw him in the studio so mm-hmm. she, some good news when she goes to her bank to yeah. get her money not her directly but uh yeah. you know some uh, i see interest. Uh. well even was the discussion about the domestic <laughs> debt action program it won't end today or maybe tomorrow because tonight on pm Express Business Edition. We are engaging the former president of the Ghana Association of Banks, Alhazen Nandani, former MD of Stanbic, to get his thoughts on this whole program, the impact on the banking sector, what should be the way forward, impact on credit extension, it's at 9 p.m. on Joy News and all our social media platforms as you engage Hassan and Danny on the domestic debt action program and the impact of banks in Ghana. And that's all for Business on Newsnight. Thank you, George. Let's do sports now. Ms. Bao.
8: Yes, well, even Ghana's top scorer Asamajan has added his voice to the call for a new coach of the senior national team, and according to him, the Black Stars need an experienced coach who will be firm in taking his own decisions and not allow interference from anyone. He emphasised that having a strict coach will help restore the national team to its position as far as competitiveness is concerned. At The Ghana Fe are on the search for a new head coach following Addo's decision to resign from his post after the Black Stars early exit from the 2022 FIFA World Cup. And Chris Hughton and James Kwesi Appiah are among the coaches who have shown interest.
3: Well established coach, like well um, experienced coach. Uh, um, I think is uh, um, eligible to, to to do it. Ghana is a football nation. So when you are going for Obisana, oh and you are going to try. Because Ghana is a is a a strong football nation. You can take an experienced coach, but you have to have a good coach who understands the game who made the people understand his philosophy who can take in charge say and you say e be for Osefa we shemu na university shemu sir amo e also you have to be strict be strict and be the in charge of what you are doing and then because said you mo kon fa gaju la so uh, on ba obin tu me be Katherine Osefa we ji
8: ça aso manja there and uh, his last words he says if you go take Pep Gajula as your head coach. Nobody's going to tell him what to do. So get a coach who takes orders from nobody. That's it for sports. Thank you very
3: much. Recently, I saw some TV programming. They were talking about Ghana's School of Shame. And I was ashamed. Because of all the great things happening in the country, we want to focus on the negative. Can you look straight in the eye of these children and tell me they are coming from schools of shame? They are coming from schools of fame?
4: Well, after coming under a barrage of criticism for those comments, the education minister's handlers say he may have been taken out of context. The PR of the education ministry, Chrissy Kwatin, says the minister is aware there are challenges on the education front and moves have been made to rectify it. We'll get to hear uh, from him shortly on the immediate moves that have been made so far. But listen to him um, speak on the AM show earlier.
7: I believe that to be
2: fair to what the minister said, we don't have to take him out of context. As a country, I mean, if you look at the education sector, just like any other sector, we may not be at where we want to go, but definitely we are not at where we used to be. The minister has also admitted the challenges within the education sector. A lot of these challenges, I mean, it's, it's not like it was born
3: just yesterday or last two years ago. It's been systemic. It's been with us even most of them even predates back before independence.
4: Well, we'll get to hear uh, from the Education Minister's uh, the PRO shortly, but my colleague Jojo Kobna joins me in studio. Um, the way forward is what we are looking for. Uh, we hear the ministry say that moves have been made to remedy the situation. You've been in touch with officials on the ground. What are you picking?
2: But yes, I've been I've been calling the Northeast region and I've also been calling the uh, Northern region, Pandai, and uh, speaking with authorities. And they're telling me that, oh, they, they have received calls. Uh, Government want to know the number of um, schools that have problems and also furniture. And so they have given the figures to them and they are hoping that government will do something immediately about the situation.
4: Okay, well something we want done immediately and the PR of the Ministry of Education Chrissy Kwating, is on the line. So Mr. Kwating, a key question, three thousand, uh, thirty-four thousand 34,000 children without furniture in North Region, 7,000 also in Pandai. When are they getting the
12: furniture? Okay, thank you. And a very good evening to you and your listeners. Uh, so largely, it falls under uh, the general challenges that we have to deal within the education space. Uh, but thankfully, there have been some solutions, and uh, we have a program to address that. Apparently, it started somewhere in 2018. In 2018, we distributed about 65,779 furniture uh, across the country, including these basic schools. In 2020, we distributed about 54,000 of them to all business schools across the country. 2021, almost 10,000 were distributed. Uh, of course, 2023 is still ongoing, but cumulatively, between 2018 and now, we distributed about 223,000. So the program is ongoing, but of course, with this one, uh, there has to be some agency attached Mr. Quating,
4: you would have to position yourself and in speak into the microphone because we, we, we hardly can hear you.
12: Are you able to hear me?
4: I can hear you now, Mr. Quatting. So, me specifically.
12: So, am I, am d- I supposed to start over? Or?
4: No, it's okay. Specifically to what yes, we've been talking about because okay, your so minister has raised concerns about School of in, Shame.
12: Yeah, in, in Biden, what I'm saying is that there was an existing program in addressing these challenges, especially when it comes to furniture issues. So far, 229,447 people have been distributed across the country. But of course, when it comes specifically to this, uh, the project or the program continues. And So hopefully, by next week, uh, they are expected to receive the first batch, which is about 7,000 chests in the region. But subsequently, other chests will also drop. Like, uh, so your, this, your, your this this
4: 7,000, Mr. Kwatin, In which region specifically, the east or the issue in Pandai? Pandai, okay. Well, we'll leave it here uh, for now. We're grateful. Um, it's just because we're out of time, but we'll make more time for this, uh, then we can talk to you further. In Crutchy, we're bringing you that in our next uh, series, amongst others, and you'd want to stay for that. You can watch um, Schools of Shame also on all our social media platforms. It's on YouTube, Facebook, amongst others. And that's how we wrap up tonight's edition of News Night. There's more when you log on to MyJourOnline.com. Evans, I am MFA Powell.
1: I'm Evans Mensa Mensah. Uh, uh, pharmacist, Samuel. Paul is up next on Personality Profile. He's the president of the Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana.
0: 7 FM Keep this frequency clear
4: personality profiles with lessons build get inspired get nourished and grow to be the best that you want to be personality profile and 99.7 fm i love it
0: this is lawyer philip addison
3: every thursday night 7 p.m listen to personality profile on joy fm where top personalities meet it will motivate you to inspire you to
0: send you to greater heights this is Nadia Antano, Miss Ghana
6: 2013. Keep listening to Personality Profile with Lexus Bale every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Joy FM and be inspired. Hello, Ghana. My name is Senor Hussey, CEO of the Ghana Chamber of Buckle Distributors. Keep listening to Personality Profile with Lexus Bale because it delivers the value that sets you apart for success.
4: I'm Vera Kwakufi, current affairs editor of BBC Africa. Keep listening to Lexis Bill on Personality Profile on Joy 99.7 FM. You could just be able to hear the best piece of advice that sets you on the course to success.
7: Hi, my name is James White, or everyone calls me Uncle White. You know, what you'll be five years from now depends on only two things. The books you read and the people you meet. On Personality Profile, you meet the kind of people you meet. You need to meet to make your transition to your greatness. You want a program that would help you, inspire you, motivate you. Why bother to turn to other channels? Just stay here on Personality Profile and you'll get
9: all the inspiration you need.
5: You can't come banging on your chest you could beat the world
8: you could beat the war you can talk the guy go banging on his door you can throw your hands up you can beat the clock yeah. you can move a mountain you can break rocks you could be a master don't wait for luck. dedicate yourself and you can You can walk straight through hell with a smile. You can be the hero, you get the gold, breaking all the records.
11: Absolutely, you could be sitting in the Hall of Fame and the world would know your name Good evening and welcome to Personality Profile here on Joy 99.7 FM I'm Lexus Bill, and I'm totally excited that we get to start this here on a very lovely note here on personality Profile. Your Thursday evenings, as always, will be really, really exhilarating with great conversations with people who are doing amazing stuff for Mother Ghana. This evening, I have one such wonderful guest here in the studio. So hey. Sit back, relax, get a drink, and enjoy our conversation. If you're still driving home as well, well, turn it up and soak it all in. We're live on Facebook. You can actually share the video as well uh, for friends and family to also check it out because I've got a very wonderful guest here in my seat. Welcome. I'm Lexus Bill. So I mentioned earlier this evening I spent time with a hard-working brother. Yeah, he's a well-renowned pharmacist and one of the finest names in the industry here in Ghana. He has started an incredible career from his days back in Winnipeg Secondary School to one of the best colleges south of the south, Sahara, of course, St. Augustine's College. Yeah, to Ken USD, to University of Ghana, to the University of Woodwater in Johannesburg. He's a registered pharmacist of almost what 30 years. Yeah, he served as country and regional manager for Rush Pharma a Swiss pharmaceutical company covering English, West Africa and uh, Southern Africa. He was the president of the pharmaceutical importers and wholesalers association. That's between 2016 and 2020. He was the president of the pharmacy business executive association of Ghana. He's a member of the governing board of the pharmacy council of Ghana as well. He's also a board member of the Ghana college of pharmacists. He's the chief executive officer and chairman of Cedar Point Chemists Limited a wholesale and retail pharmaceutical company here in Accra. And currently, he's the president of the Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana. Farm Samo Kov Donko. It's my guest, OPP. Oh, my brother, welcome. Thank you, Lesis. Really good to see you. What, what What's the name? Kanizaro. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a surprise one, eh?